0: Well, hey, like Andy and Taylor said, my name's Amir. They didn't say that, but I'm saying it. My name is Amir. I get to be the pastor of Elevation. If you are a guest, we wanna say welcome. Uh, we're very glad you're here hanging out. If this is your first time or, or, or first couple of times. Elevation, can we give it up for our first time, guests? Come on, that's a big time. We're glad you're here. And I didn't know this, but I have seen them now. We actually have some leaders from our Fayetteville campus here. Can you give it up for them? Come on, somebody. I see you, I see you. They don't have an Elevation yet, but they are leading college and young adult small groups. It's happening, guys. We're taking over the stir. Just kidding. Jesus is, but it's metaphor. Okay. So I say it every week, but and it might get redundant if you've been coming to Elevation for a long time or years, but we're the College of Young Adult Ministry of New Life Church, and I say that because we're just a ministry, and sometimes uh, when I'm asking God, I'm hanging out with God, and I'm praying for you guys, I think sometimes we can just like kind of default to everything Elevation, and you just got to know that we're a part of a church that we love, and and, and we believe the local church is the hope of the world. And, and this is the sad news. <laughs> One day we're all going to outgrow Elevation. Maybe not maybe he's on the pastor, but when you're in your 40s and 50s, you ain't going to roll up here on Thursday night. I was like, what's up, ladies? Elevation, you're a freshman. Cool. Graduated 45 years ago. It's like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And so we just, it's important. That you have a church home. That can be New Life Church. If you're, if you're just church shopping, no, no pressure from us. I just try to, I always want to tell you guys this point. We love Thursday nights. We love you here, but we have an incredible church and a weekend service. We want you guys to be a part of that. So very much. Um, but they're right. We are finishing up a a three-week series called Christian Atheists. I did not make this series up. I'm not that cool. Uh, There's a pastor in Oklahoma named Craig Rochelle. He pastors an incredible church called Life Church. He wrote this book. They did a series. We borrowed that, and we made it our own because I I thought it could really encourage you guys. So if you're wondering, what is this? Well, Christian atheist is this, by his definition. It's someone who believes in God um, but lives as if he doesn't exist. So you believe in God. I can only sit for so long. I try. I'm sorry. It just doesn't happen. You believe in God, but we, we live as he doesn't exist. So the first week, two weeks ago, if you weren't here, I talked about believing in God, um, but not wanting to go overboard. Like, not want to be too much. Like, Amir, I'll, I'll be a believer, but I'm not going to do all that stuff. That's I don't, don't want to go overboard. We called it lukewarm Christianity. We tried to identify how we can be lukewarm Christians. Last week, Seth brought the fire, and we talked about um, believing God, but not trusting him fully. So I trust God, but but not fully. It, it's, it's almost like circumstantial. Like, I'll, I'll trust God, but... Only when, only when I want to, and it's hard, but it's something we're all growing in. And then next week, we won't be in the Christian atheist series, but we'll have a special, special guest. His, he's our executive pastor of student ministry. His name is Chris Ochterbeck, um, and he loves you guys a lot, and so he'll be here next week. If you don't know who Chris O. is, you need to come. Please, God, come. Because you're going to laugh a lot, but we're going to get into the Word of God. But for tonight, we're going to close up the series. I'm going to talk about believing God, but we don't fear Him, Okay. And so you might hear that, and it might already ring a bell, whether it's maybe a church you grew up in. And when I say church, I don't say one denomination. It could be different denominations. I didn't grow up in church, so you might be like me, and you think fear, like I'm supposed to be scared of God, like, oh, God, oh, I'm scared of you. I'm not talking about that either. And I'm going to help shed light on this, because when I heard this message, I thought, man, I don't really understand this. And so I don't know if Elevation understands this. And I want to be a pastor, and we want to be a ministry that helps equip you for the rest of your life. And so we want to be teaching you stuff from the Word of God and things that are important because the fear of God is all over Scripture that that will prepare you for later in life when you have your career, when you have a family, when you're raising kids, that, that, that we could be a ministry that grows in that. Does that make sense? And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight, believe in God but not fear Him. Because studies show that three out of four Americans, they say they believe in God or even claim to be Christians. But if we looked at the world, news, culture, whatever it is, you can see a lot of maybe people believe, but they don't necessarily fear him. They don't necessarily live for him in a way that would be honorable to God and pleasing to him. So let me pray, because God's awesome and we want him here, and then we're gonna get into this. Cool? Let's pray. Father, we love you, and uh, Lord, we thank you that we can gather on a Thursday night for you, God. You're the guest of honor, Lord. You're why we're here, and we're just thankful for your presence. God, I pray that you would teach us through your word, God, your scripture that says it's the same yesterday as today as in the future, Lord. We're thankful for it. We thank you that you left us your scripture, and Lord, we thank you that you left us your spirit to help us understand the scripture. Lord, I pray that you would open up all our hearts, and I thank you for everyone in this room, Lord, their story, their family, and anything they're dealing with, God. I pray that any prayer request that's in this room, Lord, we just lift it up to you in the name of Jesus, God. Any challenges, any bad reports, any family things, Lord, we just give it to you, God, because we know you're the God of hope, and we're thankful for your presence here. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, so I'm going to, the, the, the name of this message is going to be called customized Christianity, if you're taking notes. Customize Christianity, okay? customized Christianity. So, so we believe in God, but there's probably certain parts of the Bible or, or, or Christianity that we don't maybe agree with or claim. So I'll say, yeah, God, this stuff, this is awesome. But this stuff over here, I don't know about that. Hey, God, I love when your word says this. But I'm not sure about where your word says that, okay? And let me give you some examples just how we've become a customizing culture. Because you can stink and customize anything. Anything. Let me give you an example. How many of y'all knew or heard about it's here now, but originally Baskin Robbins ice cream? Come on, somebody. Baskin Robbins, I think we're gonna have some pictures, we're gonna go through a slideshow. Okay, so Baskin Robbins, they were one of, if not the first, ice cream place that got away from strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate, and they said, bam, 31 flavors with a pink spoon. You can come try all of them. Some look like the weirdest colors in the world, but you want to try them because this is just different, right? So they were a blessing. God dropped the Baskin-Robbins to us, and I thank you, Jesus, for asking. Brahms, though! Where's my Brahms squad at? We got a Brahms squad? Sorry, I'm uh, addicted to Brahms. Let me just confess something because Scripture says when you confess, you're healed. It's my favorite place in the world. Uh, I take gift cards, whatever you want. It's just and it's only, oh, whoa oh, oh, whoa oh, oh, Brahms, hello, thank you, <laughs> still talking about my favorite here, what's wrong with you, it's about me, kidding, guys, that's not, we're not that kind of church, I love Brahms, I'm just kidding, next, shoes, look at these shoes, who wouldn't want these shoes, stomping in my Air Force Ones big boy, you know what I'm saying, like, <laughs> Mario <laughs> Air Force Ones, I'm dunking on people for sure, it's happening, next one, M&M's, me and my buddy Justin Free, we went to a wedding, and they had their their faces on the M&M's, and I'm like eating them because I love candy. And then I'm like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> Hi, congratulations. <laughs> it's like, what are you? It's weird. But you could put your little kid with a rat tail on there. I don't know. Mullet? <laughs> um, my M&M's. Jake's big day. Okay, next one. Oh, uh, bobbleheads. <laughs> is this not so sweet? You could get custom bobbleheads. <laughs> I mean, I'm brown. They're not my grandparents. I wish they were. So when you're away, you can just shake it and say, I love you. I don't know why my voice got so old all of a sudden. Okay, next one. Match.com. Love is complicating, but match is simple. So you can customize a guy. Girls, I want him tall and dark and handsome, and he's got to like to blog because I love a good writer. and, And guys, you can be like, man, I want a girl, and she's blonde. It's crazy. But customize. I'll stop before I say something bad. Uh, next one, Sonic, we're the Christians loving some happy hour. Come on, two to four, seven to nine. It's the greatest two hours of your life. If you don't go to Sonic, I don't know what's wrong with you. Last but certainly not least to the Christian world. Oh, Starbucks. I want a grande latte, no cream, add whipped cream. Hold the ice because I want it hot, but I want coconut milk, but I want it skinny. Yes, (laughs) customize it however you want. So there's, and I can give you a thousand examples, but we're a customizing culture, right? Cars, anything, clothes. It's just like, this is how we want it. We want to make it how we are in technology and smart people. Now we can kind of customize anything. But I think sometimes the struggle can be that we can take how we can customize all these things in life and we can start to turn our relationship to God that way, right? And and I'm saying this because I can do this at times, but it's, so it's like, God, I I know your word says that we're created in your image, but I'm also going to create you in my image, right? Like, I know this is how you made me, but also this is how I'm gonna live. Let me give you some examples. Like, God, I love the loving side of you, but I don't want the wrath. God, I love your mercy, but your judgment and discipline, I, I think I'm okay. God, I-, I love the blessings, but this whole carry your cross daily thing is kinda hard. I don't know if I, I-, I like that so much. Lord, I-, I love parts of the Bible, but other parts I'm not the biggest fan. God, I love where your word says in Jeremiah that you have plans for me and plans to prosper and give me hope and a good life, but this, this whole sexual purity thing, I, I think that's kind of outdated. Like, I, I'd rather take the plans, but I, I'm okay. That, this is just what everyone does, and this is how I want to roll. Um, we love that scripture that says in Deuteronomy, there's a whole chapter about blessings, and God says, I want to bless you coming in, and I want to bless you going out, but, but the weekends, God, are mine, so I'll take the blessings, but I need Fridays and Saturdays because it's the only time I have fun, right? And uh, when I say things like that, it's things I'm challenged with. I'm, I'm not coming here they're stuff at you, but it's I, examples of customized Christianity, right? Customized Christianity. Well, we're going to bounce around in different scriptures. I don't have one kind of main scripture. I'm going to give you all different scriptures, but we're going to start in the book of Psalm, uh, chapter 36, verse 1 and 2, and David's talking, uh, King David, and he's kind of just sharing his heart, and, and I'll give you a bunch of scriptures. They'll be on the screen, but you can write them down, but David's just kind of sharing his heart on like the struggles of mankind, like he says the sinfulest of man, like he's having a hard time. And the crazy thing is that he would later go on to commit adultery. So it's almost like foreshadowing of his life. But scripture says in Psalm 36, verse 1, I'm reading the NLT version. Hello. It says, sin whispers to the wicked deep within their hearts. They have no fear of God at all. In their blind conceit, they cannot see how wicked they really are. So he's describing, and I'm going to make this come to life. He's like, sin whispers to them. And it's like in their ear. Because how many of y'all know when you get challenged and tempted, it's not a loud roar. It's in your voice. And it's a whisper. And it's saying, it's okay if you do that again. No one's watching. It's not going to be a deal. Hey, it's your life. Don't take this God stuff so seriously. No one knows that you were over there last night that late. Hey, it's not hurting anyone. And it's these whispers and these whispers and these whispers. And what David is saying is, he's like, hey they have no fear at all, fear of God at all, like to protect them and, and to help bring them to God, so it's almost like they're blind. They're blind, and the enemy's trying to attack us, and the enemy's trying to separate us from God, and he's whispering, and he's whispering, and he's whispering, and, he's whispering and we have no fear of God at all to be like, okay, I, I don't know how to deal with this, and so, it, and this is like a cry out from David. David's, when David wrote a lot of the Psalms, a lot of them are just like him sharing his heart, and so if, sometimes if you're like, man, I don't know, God gave us emotions, you need to read Psalms. Just half of it's crying, screaming, not cussing, <laughs> but yelling, getting mad, and so he's just, we're just emotional creatures, and David's, like, sharing his heart, but the interesting guys is I would just ask ourselves, like, is this scripture true to us now today? Like, is this scripture true to you? Is it true to me, Amir? Like, is sin whispering in my ear, trying to confuse me, and have I, do I have this customized Christianity where David's, like, almost like, we're blind, like, we're blind to the truth. We're we're blind to it because we're tempted so much, and the sin is so close to us. Well, I'm going to do my best to kind of Teach on what the fear of God is. Because some of y'all may have never heard of that. Some of y'all have maybe heard it, but you don't understand it. But this is what I have to say before we start I have to be cautious, and you have to be cautious with me. Because when I heard this message, I was like, man, I don't really know about this, and I really want them to know about it. And, and, and I think it's important. But if you've been around a church at any time, what the church, the Big C church, has done is when we talk about the fear of God, we've kind of swung. So some of y'all might grew up in a church or in a denomination when it was like everything was the fear of God. It was all truth. If you don't do these things, you're not going to get the blessing. You're going to go to hell. Fire, fire, blah, blah, blah. It's truth, truth, truth. I'm not trying to be mean, but that's how it was. Anyone grow up in a church like that? I mean, am I crazy? It's truth. It's truth. This is the way you live, and you keep it straight, right? And in the past couple years, we swung, and it's grace, and it's okay, and I'm going to get a softer voice because it's silly, and you can do that. God's gonna forgive you because the cross is enough and everything's okay, everything's permissible. And so we swing back and forth. Well, let me tell you some truth about these things. The justice of God is true, but it's incomplete. The grace of God is true, but it's incomplete. Not one is wrong, not one is right, One is incomplete without the other. And so what I'm going to ask you guys is we have to find our place in the middle. It's not all justice and truth. It's not all grace. Jesus came to give grace and truth. He did both. He showed both of those things. Because when we swing over here in all truth, that's what's called legalism. You do these things in this way or you're not going to make it with God. And then we swing this way. It's It's a word called license, meaning the love of God is enough. The grace of God is enough. That's all that matters. I'm not here to tell you my opinion on it. I'm just saying what the word of God is and how Jesus lived. He said, we have to be in the middle. We have to have truth. We have to have grace. Let me give you an example. If I'm messing up sometime in my life and my best friends look at me and say, Amir, you're being an idiot. And I'm like, ow, that was way too hard. Hey, and I'm like, ow, you slapped me in the face. Why'd you do that? I'm just kidding. And he says, you're being an idiot, but we're gonna be with you during this. We have your back. I'm not going to leave you alone. So they're not in my face saying, hey, you're making a mistake, bye. They're not saying, hey, it's going to be okay if you mess up. No, they're saying, hey, I'm going to give you truth, but I got your back. I'm going to give you some grace too. Does that make sense? you got to have both because Jesus exemplified both. He met people where they were at, but he never left them there, okay, because that's how much his love came through. So we have to know the difference in the two, and we have to be careful. So if you grew up in either side of that, I'm just asking you to have an open heart, and we're going to try to land in the middle. We're going to try to be more balanced with it, because that's what the Word of God asks, okay? So fear of God. I'm going to give you all two points, two ways that I think will help you all remember it and help describe it, and we're going to give some scripture to back it up, um, and that's how we're going to roll tonight. Okay, so the first one is this. It's got a little equation. Number one is this, if you're taking notes. Loving God and respecting God equals the fear of God. Both parts, need them both. One's incomplete without the other. The love of God, I'm gonna say this a lot tonight, plus the respect of God equals the fear of God. Not just the love of God, not just the respect of God, both, we gotta have one and the other, okay? Let me give you all an example. So, uh, 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 kind of a real life example. So, um, almost two years ago, our pastor before me, his name was Garrett, they were moving to Fayetteville, uh, ironically speaking, and, and he told me to pray about becoming the Elevation Pastor. I was like, great, I'll pray about it. this is crazy. And so, <laughs> Um, I got a text one day from Pastor Rick's assistant. Her name is Miss Katie Beza. She's one of half of our high school real life pastors. She's amazing. Her and Hunter, pastor of real life student ministries. And so she texts me and says, Hey Mir, Pastor Rick would like to hang out with you. Uh, when are you free? And I was like, What? Pastor Rick wants to hang out with me? And I was like, oh my God. I was thinking, what did I do? Did I yell at someone? Did I steal something? Like, I'm about to get kicked out of the church. This is the worst day of my life. This is the only church I've ever been in. I'm about to get kicked out of it. And great. And I was like, I'm free anytime. I don't know what to say. Like. And so she, I was like, do you mind me asking why? Why does he, why are you asking? She's like, he wants to hang out with you. And I'm like, okay, our lead pastor wants to hang out with us. This makes a lot of sense. Okay, cool. And so it wasn't so much, guys, I just have never, I didn't grow up in church. Like New Life Church is my church home. Uh, it, he's my first ever pastor. So it's like almost like Pastor Rick's like a spiritual father to me, right? And so like I look up to him and I, I respect him, but like I love him and I learned a lot from him. So I was just like, this is crazy. This is like the most nerve-wracking moment of my life, but this is also the coolest moment of my life, you know. And so I show up at their house, and we were getting some coffee. I remember walking up, my palms were sweaty, knees weak, arms are, well, I'm sorry, <laughs> M&M, don't. It's bad, but it's stuck in the brain, no matter how much you love the Lord. Okay, so they were sweaty, though, I promise. I don't have film, but I'll show you. Um, and I was walking up to their house, though, on around the mountain. And I knocked on the door, and Mama Michelle, I call her Mama Michelle, opened the door. She's the sweetest woman alive. She's the mom of our house. And she said, hey, come in and sit down. I remember I was so nervous, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what's about to happen, and, but I was like, I'm so excited. It's like this weird give and take, and we ended up talking, and he looked at me, and he's like, I bet you wonder why you're here, and I'm like, yes, sir, back, straight, posture, perfect, hello. Yes, sir, I'm wondering, and he's like, no, I just want to get to know you, and I was like, oh, of course, I'm not getting kicked out of the church. This is good. It's a good start, and we just hung out, and we only hung out for like an hour, and he ended up just investing in me, but it was like the coolest hour of my life, because my pastor, who I look up to, who I love, like, just wanted to spend time with me, but I also respect him. And I also know that he left Louisiana and brought his family here to start a church. And I also know that we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him and his obedience. And so I have this reverence of him. I have this respect for him. I have this fear of him. I'm not scared of him, but I love him and I respect him and his family, so I fear them. I'll do anything for them because they, they lay down their life for us if you, if you wanna go there. And so take this concept and multiply it times like a million with God. God, we wanna love you and we want to respect you, and that's why we fear you, okay? It's not a, you got to be scared, you got to be intimidated, and sometimes when you hear this, you think it's a bad thing. But the thing about love is like, God, guys, we didn't choose to love God first, he chose to love us first, right? We love because he first loved us. Scripture says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's how much he loved us. Like when we don't deserve it, he loves us. And, and the cool thing about God's love is it's not what he, just what he does, it's who he is. He is love. His, your, his word says that his love casts out all fear, his perfect love, right? And so it's the love of God, and we're made inside of us. You might love someone in this room. You might be married. You might have kids. You might, might have a family. You might love someone. But that love was designed by God in you to love him first, not to downplay the people you love. He just created us that way, right? But then there's also the respect of God, the honor of God. You walk out in nature, and you're just like, whoa. You see a sunset, and you're just like, whoa. And you think about the times God's out of your back, and you're just in this reverence, fear of him. You, you love God. Let me give you some examples. You love the God who's full of grace, but you also respect the righteous judge, right? You love God that wants to have a relationship with me, but also respect him because to know that his thoughts are higher than my thoughts and his ways are higher than my ways. And sometimes I'm wrong, <laughs> even though I think I'm right at times. He's, he's going to be right. He's God. Hello. Um, that God, sometimes you ask me to do uncomfortable things or you put some desires on my heart that I'm kind of nervous about, but I respect you enough to obey you because I know you, you have the best for me right? That's the God I'm talking about. And so let me, let me give you some scripture so you don't feel like I'm just making this stuff up for funsies. Um, but this fear of God, does it, it doesn't sound as bad, does it? Well, I'm going to convince you with scripture how it's pretty awesome. It's actually full of promises and blessings. Okay, so we're going to take a look at the book of Proverbs, a couple of different scriptures. The first one is this, Proverbs 1-7, it'll be on the screen. Scripture says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So the fear of the Lord is the the foundation. Like, think about a home. It's the foundation. Think about a building. Think about when people talk about building a house or or, or building a team or building a family. Like, this is the foundation. The fear of the God is you have to have it. it. It's a must because it's the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of knowledge. But Scripture says right here that fools, when people are foolish, when we can be foolish, we despise wisdom. We despise discipline. But it's saying, hey, he's like, he's pleading to us, the, the, the Proverbs, he's like, hey, this is wisdom, hey, you need to have it. Check out Proverbs 9, 10, it says the same thing in the beginning. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. So same thing, beginning, framework of wisdom. But how many of y'all know we need some good judgment? I don't know about y'all, but we make hundreds of decisions a day. Whether it's what we're going to wear, eat, do, whether it's how we're going to talk to people, how we're going to respond to something, how we're going to react, how we're going to speak, how we're going to do anything. And I don't know about y'all, but I need some good judgment. I need some wisdom in my life. And scriptures say the fear of God is the beginning of that. It's, it's like it's pleading with us. You have to get this. You have to know this. Because it's just the beginning of it. Let me explain this way. We actually started a new series at our church this weekend called Don't Be Dumb, <laughs> It's just funny to me. And it's about Proverbs. It's about wisdom. And Pastor Rick spoke, and he actually talked about the fear of God at one of his points and he explained it in a couple of ways, and I, I want to give them to you. So, like, think about relationships. So some of y'all are single, or you're dating, or you're engaged, or you're mating. Some of y'all, if you didn't know, there's people who come to our ministry that we love to have kids and, and have a family. And, and so some of y'all, you, you, you want to do it better. You want to you pursue someone better. You want to do singleness better. You, you want to love your family better. You want to raise your kids better. You want to serve your girlfriend or, or, or respect your boyfriend better, right? So we can think of all these ways and all these strategies to do it. But what the scripture saying is those things are good, but the beginning, the foundation is the fear of God. You have to go seek God. God wants to help us. God wants to say, hey, if you'll just come into my presence and you'll just ask me about the relationship, I promise I'll have your back. I promise I want to give you wisdom. I promise I want to give you understanding. I promise I want to give you knowledge to help you prosper. Prosper means in the Greek to move along, right? Think about money and time. Let me, let me give you a fun little nugget about that. Money and time are the two things you budget in this world. I think you get that with money, but you budget time. Why, because there's only 24 hours a day, and if you take 30 minutes to move it here, then you no longer have that 30 minutes there, so you have to budget time, too. I learned this the hard way in grad school. Um, and that's the same thing with energy, too, but you can say, oh, I'm gonna read this book or talk to these people and strategize about but money and budgeting, that's fine. Or we can seek God for the fear of him and say, God, I love you, and I respect you, and I need help in this area, but you, your word says this is the foundational wisdom, your word says the foundational knowledge, and I'm gonna crave time with you, why? Because God's first commandment says, I want, to, I want you to love me with all your heart, mind, and soul. We talk about this all semester. He wants the relationship. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to say, hey, you need help. I'm here. And that comes, starts with the fear of the Lord. Does that make sense? you all with me now? And so these are just kind of examples. Two more scriptures. I'll let them convince you. Proverbs 14, 27. It says, the fear of the Lord is a life-giving fountain. It offers escape from the snares of death. Woo! Spicy. Spicy scripture. It's like... Chicken nuggets at Wendy's spicy, like, woo, that's a good one. Think about like a fountain. Get a visual of a fountain flowing. And it's saying the fear of the Lord is like a fountain of life. Jesus came and he said, I've came to give you life and life to the full. It's like a fountain of life. Like imagine like you you gravitated, you, you want it, and it says it offers an escape from death. It offers an escape from temptation. Think about that scripture we were talking about earlier. When when sinfulness, when struggles are whispering in our ear, it's saying that, hey, the fear of the Lord gives you a fat life. It gives you an escape route. It gives you help in those times. It's the fear of the Lord, the love of God, the respect of God, the fear of God, right? Last one, Proverbs 22, 4. Scripture says, true humility and the fear of the Lord lead to wealth, honor, and a long life. How many of y'all want wealth, honor, and a long life? Be honest, right? And it's just saying humbleness, being humble, having humility in your life, and the fear of the Lord to lead those things. And wealth is talk, it's not talking about hunnish, hunnish, like just money. It's talking about other stuff. But it's like wealthiness in your relationships, wealth in, in your families and things like that. But it, it just saying, it's plain and simple, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. So to me, the fear of God sounds pretty appealing. It doesn't sound like something I'm supposed to be scared of. It doesn't sound like this legalistic thing. It doesn't sound like just grace, 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 and no, no truth. To me, it's something we gravitate to. But scripture says it's the beginning of wisdom, good judgment, life, escape from death, leads to wealth, honor, and a long life. So, love plus respect equals the fear of God. Little equation for you. Number two, if you're taking notes. And it's simply this When I fear God, I will obey God. When I fear God, I will obey God. So, the love of God plus the respect of God equals the fear of God. And when I fear Him, I'm going to obey him. That's what's going to happen. They go hand in hand. It's almost like, I, I hope that this is a declaration for us. Like elevation, we'd be saying, whether you're new to this God thing or you're figuring out this God thing, you don't know how you feel, or you've been walking with the Lord for years, it's like, man, when, when I fear him, I'm going to obey him. That's a declaration I'm making with me and God right now. Let me give you an example. In the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 22, he's in a lot of chapters, but we'll talk about chapter two. And there's a guy named Abraham. And God had his hand upon him. And He's kind of a prophet, a hero of the faith. And God said, I'm going to give you many sons. I'm going to give you descendants. I'm going to give you as many descendants as the, the, sand, the sand on the beach. And so his, Abraham's, like, biggest desire was to be a father. Like, he, he literally was so obedient, so faithful, but he would ask God and ask God, God, I, I, I want a son. God, I want a son. And decade after decade after decade after decade. I'm talking he's 70, 80, 90, doesn't have a son yet. That's crazy to think. We get mad if we don't get something in 10 minutes. Come on, somebody. And this is like 90, 80, 90 years. Woo, a lot goes into that. We won't talk about it. So he doesn't still have a son. And then God blesses him and gives him a son. His name's Isaac. As Isaac is starting to grow up, and God looks at him and comes to Abraham one day and says, Abraham, I need you to sacrifice your son. What, God? I'm sorry, what did you just say? The son I've been praying about for 80 plus years, you want me to give to you? Because back then they didn't have Jesus, so they had to sacrifice stuff to get right with God, right? You want me to give? okay. But Abraham, because he loved God, and he respected God, and he feared God, so he obeyed God. And one day he took Isaac to a mountain and put him on an altar. That's where they would sacrifice people. I know it's kind of crazy, but that's what they used to do. And he tied him down, and he pulled out a knife, and then this angel stopped him. And, and scripture says in Genesis 22:12, the angel's talking, and this is crazy. I know this is like a movie. I'm with you. It says, don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld me from even your son, your only son. So this angel saying, hey, because you fear God, you're obedient, and because you are obedient and fear God, we're good. And actually, they, they brought an animal to sacrifice, and that's a foreshadowing to what Jesus would be for us. Come on, somebody. That Jesus take the place for us, and, and he was a sacrifice as well. And so I, I want you all to write this down if you're taking notes. Just a phrase to help marinate this in your brain, get into your heart. And simply this, the greatest evidence of the fear of God is the complete obedience to God. So if you're trying to measure this in your own life, the greatest evidence of the fear of God is complete obedience to God. It's on the screen. Not partial obedience. I'll kind of do this Evs. Not delayed obedience, uh, maybe here and there. But quick, immediate. I want to be the generation that's yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, you want me to do this? Yes, God. This is really hard, but yes, God. I trust you. I love you. I respect you. I'm going to obey you. Yes, God. Yes, God. That's the, that's the kind of church, that's the kind of group of believers I want to be known as. Because the greatest evidence of the fear of God is the complete obedience to God. So let's summarize this. Class, where are we at so far? Thank you. When we love God and we respect God. We will fear God. I know it's getting redundant, but it's going to get in your brain. And then when we fear God, we're going to obey God. And then the biggest measure. So now when I said that last quote, don't get challenged in your seat. Because it's saying the greatest measure, the fear of God, like, like the end goal, like this is what I'm striving for, God, is complete obedience. So if you're not quite there, if you're like me and you're not at complete 100% obedience mode, you're in good company. It's just like, it's just the heart of it. This is what I'm shooting for. I'm, this is what I'm, scripture says that we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's what I'm talking It's just an encouragement. It's like a goal that we're doing, right? Because then when we have that, we have complete obedience to God. It's, it's something we're striving for. And Pastor Craig, in, in his book and in his message, he kind of wrote this quote to kind of make this big picture idea kind of practical. And I just want to read it to you. I'm going to read it twice, but it's just kind of like, okay, I mean, I'm getting it. So the fear of God, obedience, complete obedience, fear of God. But How do I make this work? What does this look like on a day-to-day basis? And I think this quote will help you guys. He said this. He said, the fear of the Lord is an ongoing attitude of my heart that moves me to choose over and over again to obey God when it would be easier to do something else. So i want to read it one more time. The fear of the Lord is an ongoing, not a one-time, not a delayed, not a past, an ongoing attitude of my heart, a posture of my heart, a way I carry myself one day at a time. And it moves me to choose over and over again. You don't just get one. Job. Our God's a God of and one. Our God's a God of a second chance, right? So if you mess up, it's okay. We choose over and over again. Why does it say choose? Because we have the choice of self, or we have the opportunity to choose. God gives us free will, but in His fruits of His Spirit, He also gives us self control. And so He has our back in that. But He's going to say, I'm going to let you make the decision, but I'm going to give you opportunities over and over again to obey me, to choose. I'm going to forgive you, to over and over, to obey God when it would be easier to do something else. So it would be easier to say no to God. It would be easier to say, God, this is cool, but I'm not too cool. I don't think I could do this. And the cool thing about this, guys, is when we say yes to God, when we're obedient, even if it's the smallest thing or the biggest thing, we start to build a spiritual muscle. If you all work out, guys and girls in this room. Come on, somebody. Okay, so I can't show you in the spirit. It's a different world. But, like, we start to get spiritual muscle. And the cool thing about spiritual muscle is, it's just like our physical muscles. Once we start getting reps and once we start getting stronger, it's easier to shut up that sin whisper. It's easier to say no to the world. It's easier to overcome the enemy. It's easier to do those things. Why? Because I've said yes so much to God, it's easier for me to say no to the enemy. I've said yes so much to God, it's said no to the things of the world. Does that make sense? And so that's why he's saying, hey, it's an ongoing thing. If you miss it, it's okay. God's gonna give you another opportunity. But it's a kind of way we posture our heart. And when we're talking about this stuff, it doesn't sound like, customized Christianity. It sounds like a fully devoted follower of Christ. It sounds like someone who's striving after the things of Jesus. But the sad part about our world, guys, is and I don't even have to say world. I would say about Conway. And this is not me judging. This is just me looking around and being a pastor in this town and praying for people. That's just not the case. Sadly, like the things I was just describing about, like we're missing in a lot of areas as the church. And we can do things better. Not just New Life Church Elevation, but like all of us and myself included. And, and so I just thought of some phrases that I used to say, it's so stupid, where people have said to me, and, and I wanna just kinda fill you in, like this is what happens nowadays, like I'll serve God one day, but, but right now I'm in college and I wanna have fun. But when I graduate, I'll serve God, I'll go back to church and I'll but I mean, I'm in college now, I need to have fun. Okay, I'll follow God, but I'm never gonna tithe. I don't care what the word says. Because, I, mean, I worked hard in college and now I'm a young adult and now I'm working and it's my money. And so, why would I work hard for so many years and not to give 10% of my money away to God? It doesn't make sense to be. Okay, no problem. I believe in the Lord, but I, I don't think I can give up this addiction. Like, you don't know my past, Amir. You don't know how hard it's been. Now, and so, I don't think God can help me. There's no fear of God in that phrase. In other words, I, sh- I believe in God, but I don't fear Him. And it's just far, far, far from, I feel like, what God will want for us. And again, I, guys, I'm not, we got to be careful. Like, I'm not talking about being legalistic. I'm not talking about being Grace City, Grace, Grace City. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, falling in the middle, okay? Um, Because, man, God loves us. Okay, so what do we do with this? Well, every week, like... Here at Elevation New Life Church, and all churches do this. Like we want to make the word apply to your life. So I give you numbers, not to be cool and relevant, but so you'll remember, and so you can take notes, and so it can help you in your walk with God. So you can take the word on Thursday, and hopefully God will do a work in you, whether it's small or large. And on Friday, your Friday would look different. That's the truth I'm trying to bring you. It has nothing to do with me, and it has everything to do with the Lord and the word. Can I get an amen on that? And so, when I, how do we make this apply? Well, I wrote down this question that I think will help. And I just want to ask this. I just want it to kind of be a survey for yourself. Like. I'm asking myself this. I just want you to ask yourself it. But it's simple. It's in what area of your life are you not fearing and not obeying God? And just think about it. This is not me calling you out. I can give you a list right now. In what areas of your life are you not fearing and not obeying God? Just think about it for a second right there in your chair. That's why we're in church. You're here for a reason. And then my follow-up question to that be, because I think some of y'all already know the answer some ways. Some of y'all came in knowing the answers, and I believe if not, I've been praying for y'all week that God would show you guys in the rest of our time together. What are you going to do about it? Because I want to be, and I think where our generation gets bad, is like we're passive about the things of God, but we'll stand up for the things that we think is right or wrong, right? And so I'd ask you, man, what are some areas that you, maybe you're not fearing God and, and not being obedient, but what are you going to do about it? Because if you're like me at a time in your life, I would say nothing. Sorry, I'm here. I don't care. There's not much I can do with that or the Lord can do with that. With an open heart or teachability, God can do a lot. But some of y'all I've been praying for, and I believe most of y'all, if not all y'all, would say, I mean, there's something in there I can do. Whether you're a new Christian, you're indifferent about God, you don't even know what you believe, or you're trying to figure this in God out, or you've been a believer for 20 years, like I I just pray that deep down in your heart, you know you love God. No matter what's going on right now, your circumstances, you do respect God, and you do fear him and you do inside of you sometimes you don't even know why you crave to obey him because we all are made to get some kind of affirmation just sometimes we get in the trap of people pleasing instead of god pleasing and so we fear people instead of fearing god and then it changes the way we act and live and really god's the one that's our approval and god's the one that gives us the affirmation and it's not the easiest thing because i struggle with a lot because i compare that's one of my biggest weaknesses, but god's saying i don't i don't want you to compare yourself to, i want you to look at me and like look at your potential that's what i want you to compare against and so it's just like the fear of god like how are you in the fear of god because if your heart's open, I just feel like God can do a lot with it. And so, okay, where are we at with this, Amir? We're we going to do it. Well, I can't answer that question for you. <laughs> I'm not like a Houdini pastor that's like, you, you are struggling with this. And you, you talk at this. It's like, I don't know where the accent came from because I'm brown. I can do that. But I don't know, like, all the things that y'all are not obeying. Or, I don't know. I don't know. I've been praying for y'all. Um, I'm going to share some things that I think God put on my heart from my life. And my best friends, that um, areas that we maybe didn't obey God or maybe areas that we didn't fear God that I think might resonate with y'all, especially if you're younger. Um, But let me say this. I always want to be a pastor for y'all. And this is where I want to get personal. And if you're new, I know I'm not your pastor yet, but bear with me, please, God. Thank you. Um, I always want to be a pastor that just kind of shares things I'm struggling with. Or shares things I'm not good, good at. or And I'm 28, and there's some people in this room that are older than me, and a lot of y'all have known God or l- served God for a longer time. But I always want to be a guy that goes before y'all and helps y'all win. Like, I want to be your coach. Like, I want to be th- the guy that has your back. Not to tell you what to do, but say, hey, this is where I missed it, and this is where I want you to watch out. Hey, this is what's really hard for me, so I want y'all to watch out. Here, hey, this is where the enemy tries to separate you from God, but hey, watch out for this, okay? So when I say things that are challenging, it's not because I'm trying to call you out, it's because I'm just trying to help you. That's what I'm trying to do. And so I hope that you hear my pastoral heart this. So when I was preparing, these, like, eight things just came to mind. Um, and I believe they're for someone, or if not, they will encourage all of us today. Okay, so I just want to give you all maybe some examples of areas in your life. Where maybe we need to fear God more, or maybe we need to obey God more. The first one I would say this is in our relationships. It, and it, it's a hot topic in our age. I mean our dating relationships. It does apply to our family. We need the fear of God in everything. But when I was preparing for this message, and please hear my heart in this, this is what came to mind because I used to struggle with this. I was this guy. Like, some of you guys, like, we got to stop texting the girl at midnight and 1 and 2 a.m., and that's the only time we text her because we wonder why girls are crazy. Is because that's the only time we text them. I'm saying we because I used to do it. That's the only time we text them, but then when we see them in public or we see them on campus or we see them at a job and we avoid them, they don't know what the heck's going on because you were texted about 12 hours ago. And so I just need you to know they're a daughter of God, and if you had the fear of God, it might, be the ch- it might change the way we pursue them. I know we have friends that hook up with girls. I mean, I know that they go and do this. I'm not talking about I'm just saying, if you had the fear of God, it would look different. And please hear me. I used to be this guy. I used to be this guy. That's why I'm telling you this. Girls, on the flip. Sometimes I've had girls when I'm a pastor. Before I was a pastor, when they were my friend girls, not my girlfriend, my friend girls, because I was the guy that had all the besties, and I found that that was a bad idea, and I was like, sorry. Um, I didn't know I couldn't have besties. Sorry. Yeah, okay. So, um, <laughs> lost my train of thought. It sucks. Okay, I'm just kidding. Um, girls, I've had girls come up to me and say, Amir, I don't understand why the guys that I attract or the guys that pursue me, like, maybe aren't the best guys, or one thing I frequently say, just to be real with y'all, is they're just quick to get physical. I don't know why they're quick to get physical, like, and, and I would say this, girls, like, just how, how do you carry yourself around guys? How do you talk? How's your attitude? What do you post on social media? And I'll say the big one, and I'm just saying this from my life experience, how do you dress on the weekends? I'm not here to tell you how not to dress, but I heard a pastor once say, you're going to catch the fish that you're throwing the bait with with your body, okay? And so if you're wondering why there's certain guys who are kind of indifferent and they just want to get physical, I would just say, how are you coming off to those guys? Because I'm a guy, and I know how we think, and God's wired us to be physical in the covenant of marriage. And so it's really hard for us when we see a girl dressed her sort of way, and then we start flirting with them, and we start talking, them. it's hard for us not to go there, not to say that they're right but we can do a better job of protecting you, but you can do a better job of being a little more wise because I promise you want to attract those guys and then you are less likely to get hurt. I'm not saying you can't be fashionable. I'm not saying you can't look fresh. I'm not saying any of that, okay? (laughs) I'm just saying I think we can be a little more wise in how we do stuff. A few more I've been praying about. Hey, some of y'all are living with your boyfriend or girlfriend, and I'm not here to be your dad or your judge, but I'm just going to challenge you to either break up or get married. Be in the covering of marriage or kind of or just pick something, pick a side of the fence. Because let me tell you, there's research that shows that, uh, uh, I don't know the number. I, I wish I had the number. I should have got the number. But there's there's a countless amount of divorces that happened because people were living together beforehand. Because you were practicing being married and practicing breaking up and practicing leaving the house and the apartment. And then when you got married, you've been trained to divorce the whole time. And I'm not saying that you can't live with someone. It can be great. But I, I want you to have the blessing of God and the fear of God and be under the covenant of marriage. Okay? So I'm just going to ask you to put something on your heart. Um, some of y'all are in a relationship you don't need to be in. And I'm not telling you this because I know I'm telling you this because God's put it on your heart multiple times and you've rationalized it. Or you have said, or you feel bound to it. Or you feel like you can't ever break up. Or you feel like you, you need to help them in some way so you don't need to break up. And I'm just going to tell you, I would just follow your heart that. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of y'all understanding. He wants the best for you. So some of y'all want chocolate vanilla and strawberry, but God's trying to give you 31 flavors in a guy. He's trying to give you 31 flavors in a girl, and you're settling for the bottom three, and he's trying to say, get that pink spoon, and we hungry. Okay, we eat because we hungry. Y'all are crazy, but I love it. I'm not trying to be funny. It's the truth, but I love him. No, you don't. It's just all you know. It's okay. Some of y'all maybe are struggling with something, and you never told anyone. And I'm not saying you come on the stage and have open mic night, because I've heard churches do that, and it's crazy. Um, But, like, you haven't even told God, and God knows everything. But I feel like you just need to confess some stuff to God, confess to someone, to to someone in your life that you trust and you love. Because that thing that's holding you back, Scripture says it will break free. You'll be forgiven from it, and you'll be healed in the name of Jesus. Can it happen that easily, Amir? I promise it can if you, but it's when we have unconfessed sin for a long, long time, a long, long time, and we hold on to it, and it just gets in this dark place. And the sin that's whispering in my ear, that Scripture we talked about earlier, you will break that chain in the name of Jesus if you just confess it to someone. Hey, let me spin this, though. Some of it can be positive. Some of y'all, God's put a dream on your heart to do something or to seek after something and you might be scared or you might think people think it's stupid and scripture says that God puts desires on our heart. He put that in your heart and he wants you to take one step and be obedient. So I'm here to tell you, maybe you need to take a step. It's going to be okay. Some of y'all have been attending church, whether it's New Life Church or another church your whole life, or maybe in college or maybe yoga and adulthood, and maybe it's time you take a step, you be all in, you be connected, and you get around some biblical community that are going to help you grow and grow in your relationship with God. So one day you're going to have a family, and one day you're going to have people that have your back, not friends that are no new friends, like kind of fake, okay? Some of y'all, maybe you've been really committed, and it's time to serve. It's time to give back. Some of y'all, maybe you just need to mentor someone. And I know mentorship is the younger person reaches out, but a dream of me, mine for this ministry is that we have so many amazing young adults who have so much life experience, like college students, if you would just reach out to them. And I know some, we have to do a better job. I don't wanna have like a table and says, mentorship. Well, I don't wanna do that. But like, if you knew how much of their life experience could help you, and young adults, if you just believed in yourself and knew how much you could help them, we would, we would grow in, inside our ministry. I just, there's just so much that God, God, God can do. Some of you guys, let's get real. Some of you guys need to ask a girl on a date. It's going to be okay, I promise. And I'm not talking about Snapchatting her. I'm going to throw my microphone at you. Please, God, get her number in person and either ask her in person or call her. Am I sharing a pet peeve? Yes, I'm sharing a pet peeve. Just ask her. If she says no, awesome. It's not your wife. We won. Ding, ding, ding. Like, we don't need to be scared, guys, about asking a girl out. It's going to be okay. We don't have to be weird. You take her out, buy her dinner in Jesus' name. If you don't have money, I'll give you a $20 bill. I'm not even rich, and I'll give you a taller bill. I'm God, It's just our generation. We stink at this. Guys, we're scared, and we're a scared generation, and we're missing out on these amazing girls around us because we're scared. Girls, flip. You ain't off the hook. You have to let the guard down. There's been some amazing guys in this ministry, in my life, who've done everything right, who've been a gentleman, a man of God, to pursue a girl, and she shut him down for no reason. She didn't even know him. I'm not saying you say yes to every guy that comes out. I'm just saying, let your guard down and let a guy pursue you. You have to be pursued. I know there's some people in your past sometimes that have hurt you, but God will forgive them and heal you of that and let them. And now you might go on a date with them or you might talk with your girls and you say, no, great. Then just be honest with him. But You just take a step. This is what the heart of Find Your Place is. We talk about Find Your Place because we want to be a ministry that you're growing in your walk with God, that you can have the Spirit of God in you, that you can have fear God and make these decisions and have beginning wisdom, but you have a group of believers, a biblical community that has your back in all of this, that you have a small group or you have a sur group that you can process this stuff and ask for prayer for this stuff. And when you need to take a step or they need to take a step back, they have your back. That's why we talk about Find Your Place so much because we're not meant to do life alone. So I'll stop the rant, but we'll say this. Summarize. The love of God plus the respect of God equals the fear of God. When I fear God, I'm going to obey Him. And the ultimate measure of the fear of God is the complete obedience. Because when we fear God, it's the beginning of wisdom. When we fear God, it's the beginning of knowledge. When we fear God, it's a fountain of life. When we fear God, wealth and blessing comes to it. And ultimately it connects us to the Father in ways that, that he wants to, to be connect to us. Will you bow your heads?